Hello, everybody. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. I have a special guest backstage. I'm still on the hunt for psychics and mediums. Arlon, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Mm, wonderful. See if I can bring you in a little bit bigger. There we go. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've uh, been a psychic the majority of my life. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, for me, it means I... Um, see and speak to and hear spirit people, people from the other side of the veil, as uh, some like to call them, and um, can communicate thought back to them, ask them questions, um, and things like that. So uh, I focus mostly on exploring historical locations and um, old buildings, new buildings, uh, you know, depending on where they're built can be very active. And I like writing the story of a location by talking to the people who live there rather than reading in a book what some other human has written. That makes sense. So, when did you realize? I'm getting some feedback. So, when did you realize? There we go. Did you had the gift? Well, when I was three years old, almost four, um, I saw a spirit person in my bedroom. It was right before the holidays. And um, I was a little freaked out about it. And I, I ran in the kitchen because my grandmother was in there. And I, I grabbed her by the hand. I drug her to my room. And, and I said, Grandma, Grandma, can you see the angels too? And she said, um, no, I don't see them. But um, that's great if you can see them. And, you know, which was which was wonderful because a lot of people, especially at that day and time, would have said, oh, you're not seeing anything. Quit making up stories to get out of going to bed. So she passed away not long after that. And um, I didn't really understand the concept of death and um you know, why everybody was just so sad and so upset. And one night I had a dream and she told me that when I saw the angels, quote unquote, in my bedroom, um, they were spirit people. And she was also a person in spirit and um, that I would be talking to 
and seeing spirit people throughout my life and it was okay. And so I was four years old and I had turned four by then. And uh, I just took that as, you know, okay, well, this is normal life. This is who I am. So how did that affect you growing up? Well, I didn't share it with a lot of people. It was really great in school that I'm also empathic, um, which I guess is a gift that came along with the psychic gift. And um, so it helped, especially uh, being able to read the teachers. So, um, but like I say, I didn't, I didn't share too much. And then when I was 15, uh, my best friend passed away from a drug overdose and I was just desperate to talk to him. Um, I wasn't there when he made his transition and, um, even though I'd had lots of aunts and uncles and grandparents pass away during my lifetime, even at 15, it was very different when it was your friend. It was just, just a whole different thing. And I tried and tried to contact him. And um, at the funeral, um, I was, you know, trying to speak to him. And I guess I was speaking out loud because I had a couple people um, make remarks to me. And this was in a Catholic church. And so um, they weren't all about the spirit communication. But it didn't, you know, nobody really came back after that and said, oh, you know, you think you can talk to dead people or whatever. And then um, it wasn't until my 20s, which is a good thing because you need some maturity to be able to channel spirit, um, that I started sharing my gift with other people. And what do they think about it? Well, um, some people believe and they seek you out and they they want to they want you to share with them, um, you know, things of the spirit world. And then uh, I've worked as resident psychic at quite a few venues, and I always have those people that come in and they're like, "Well, you need to prove it to me," and my response always is, I don't need to prove anything to you. You need to believe as you believe. And, you know, if you choose not to believe, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm great with that. Uh, if you choose to believe, then I'm also happy with that. So I've done a lot of work with, um, I don't do quote unquote divination. You know, I will not sit down with my crystal ball and say, you know, next week you're going to get a new job offer. And um, part of that is my own belief that um, the matrix of the universe is always changing. And one person is not 
necessarily in charge of all those changes, but one person can make a decision when they get to the crossroad to go left or right. And that immediately changes anything that's been divined about their future. So I don't do that kind of thing, but what I will do is channel messages from the other side um, to people if there are things that people in spirit think they need to know. And sometimes it's just as simple as they need to know they're there. Um, you know, many people when they lose a loved one are really confused and, and they're, they come to me and they go, I just need to know she's okay. I just need to know he's okay. Um, or I just miss him. I just, I just want to know something. So that's my, that's my wheelhouse uh, for helping people is being able to give them that comfort um, that they can't find on their own. They can, but they don't know it. So they come to me for help. That's really interesting, you know, because I've heard so many, I'm really fascinated and I'm probably going to write a book about the interactions that I had with all the mediums and psychics or should I say psychics and mediums I have interactions with and, and spoken to over the past three weeks or so. Because uh, everybody's been different. Now, in your family, has yours come from your parents or your grandparents? Um, it actually came through the maternal side, but not my parent, my aunt. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, my mother had uh, six brothers and sisters, and she was the only one um, who used her abilities. I don't know if any of the rest of them had abilities or not. And the way the generations fell in our family, um, people were fairly old when they had children, especially, you know, for back in the turn of this, the 20th century, um, to be 40 and just having your first baby was, was pretty much unheard of. So, um, my people didn't hang around too long. In other words, uh, you know, by the time I came along, if, if somebody was 40 or 42, you know, by the time I was in my 20s and and none of them were very long lived. So, um, but that's kind of, you know, where I, where I trace the line back to. That's really interesting. I haven't, uh seen that come from that side of the family before usually it comes from you know the the first generation or the second generation so that's very interesting coming from the aunts it really is now do you know uh who had it before or her i do not they were um real country people 
that lived down in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, uh, outskirts. And um, so there wasn't much. Uh, you know, there's a family Bible that had people's names in it, but there really wasn't much of a history uh, to go along with it. it. It more focused on mundane things like recipes. You know, you got to have the recipes to hand down or you got to have the clothes or the wedding dress to hand down. Stuff that were, you know, of a mundane nature so to speak so um i don't really have a lot of history and i i don't know that i was ever really all that interested i guess in in knowing more um about them or where that came from now with your abilities especially growing up did you have problems throughout your early teenage years or anything with relationships having those abilities and gifts um well like any teenager i had my share of problems and the time that i grew up um offered lots of opportunities to have lots of problems but um i wouldn't say that um, that my gift caused any problems in relationships. I was always really glad to be able to tell a girlfriend, no, you need to be able to stay away from that one because I could just feel their energy. And, um, you know, so from that perspective, to me, it's always, it's always been a plus. There's never been a minus for me. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that because usually it's the opposite. I hear usually it's a uh, a negative of some sort. So that's that's really good. Now, as you got older and your late twenties and so forth, you know, what did you do with your abilities and gifts? Uh, how did you use them? Well, that's when I really started. Um, becoming interested in old buildings and, and things like that. And not that I hadn't been interested before, but I think my interest took on another dimension when I knew that I could apply my gifts to having a better understanding. So um, through doing that, um, I started to meet people and um, by the time I was in my thirties, it had become very um, popular to quote unquote ghost haunt, which is right. I think the worst phrase in the entire English language, because do you want to be haunted? Probably not. Yeah. Right. So why do you think ghosts want to be haunted? They don't, you know, they're, they have their things to do. They, they're, you know, if they offer communication and insight, you should be grateful for that and not feeling like you're hunting somebody down. So anyway, I just, I just hate that. But in any event, I started to meet a lot of people and 
in those situations, it wasn't as strange to say, yeah, I'm a psychic. Um, because they were already doing something weird. So me being what they might have thought of as weird, it was okay. So to make sure that I didn't unplug anything, I had to replace a lot of things. So uh, ghost hunting, what would you call it? Um, I would call it uh, spirit communication or, you know, visiting spirits, contacting spirits. There's a lot of other things, you know, verbs you can use besides hunting. Because what I've found is, okay, you go out on a ghost hunt, you find one, and then you don't know what to do with it. You know, there's, you know, there's always the proverbial, especially on the TV shows, not so much in real life, although I have experienced in real life, the screaming and the running down the hallway. And when I used to run investigations at at some of the places I was resident psychic, um, one of the things I made everybody do was look me in the eye and promise me they would not run. Because, you know, that's human physical danger that oh, yeah. can happen, you know, in some of these old buildings and stuff. So, um, you know, if you're startled, just try to stand where you are and get another person to come to you, you know, was always my advice. But, um, yeah, so, um, you know, there's, to me, it's, it's, you know, you're obviously wanting contact. It's a spirit contact. I don't think, I mean, I don't know, because I don't pay attention to this very much, but we don't say UFO hunting, do we? No. It's, you know, it's UFO communication or communication with, you know, beings from another planet or, you know, there's there's always different verbs that go along with that. And so let's let's not call it a ghost hunt. So since you brought that up, you know, it's really, really strange in my place. And it's happened since, well, I don't know, since my daughter's left, I, I could probably say. But my commode will flush three times like it's mocking the Trinity. And it doesn't have the handle. It's got the push button. Uh-huh. You have to push really hard to make it flush. And my mom believes in everything that I believe in, in psychics and mediums and the afterlife and in all that other stuff. And my dad's like, you know, and we like to watch some of the, the real, the real, ones on TV that are actual psychics and mediums that's uh, actually that are left that are true ones and uh and he just rose his eyes and my mom and I were like no we like it you know we know it's true and we and and since I've been doing this it's really awakened myself up 
and realize how many there are that are truthful about their abilities and gifts. And, you know, actually having paranormal things happen around here, you know, has uh, made me look, looked at life a little bit differently, I say. Right. Well, I've, I've been asked before, um, you know, what if you woke up one day and you weren't a psychic anymore? And I said, I just, I wouldn't have to live because that's just another dimension of my life. And I can't imagine not having that. You know, I've hosted thousands of people through um, events and investigations and stuff like that. And, you know, standing there with a K2 or I don't know what all the things are called, a, a REM box or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and not knowing and, and having no um, idea what's going to happen. Um, I would find that uncomfortable. So, I'm glad I'm not usually in that situation. The only time I ever was startled, um, I was setting up for a spirit festival that we were having. And uh, it was this huge building. You can see it, the picture of it is behind me. It was called Gabriel's Inn. And it had also been a mental hospital for 70 years. It was at the time um, a restaurant. And so I'm in this massive building by myself. Literally no one else there. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. And for the first time in my life, I heard, what are you doing? Like really sharp. And I about jumped out of my skin and I thought, you know, if that happened to people that were on an investigation, I can understand them being startled. As long as they don't run and fall down the stairs, it's okay. Right, right. So how is it like having that? I mean, do you like walk out in public and like you just see things and they come up to you and say, hey, stop. I want you to tell this person this thing. Hey, hello. Can you hear me? I want you to tell somebody something. Is that, is that how it's like? Well, over the years, I've developed um, ways to protect myself. Like when I go in the grocery store, I don't necessarily want to see everybody's granny standing behind them. Um, in some social situations, you know, if I'm, if I'm at a dinner or something like that, I'll be more open to it. Um, I had a big girl job for many years and I didn't turn it on. Um, when I went to the building, I was just a human. Sapphic and, and psychic gifts. Um, I don't 
usually open those up wherever I go. I, I don't think that that's healthy for any psychic or empath to do, um, you know, just to be open all the time. You just get overwhelmed. Um, there have been situations where um, I've been out and about and um, I have felt things. And um, so, you know, it's about the way you approach a person. Like I didn't run up and say, hey, I'm a psychic. Did you know that, you know, Aunt Mary just came and told me that your mother is going to have some health problems? Like, that's not the way to do it. Right. You have to sort of get the person's energy. And if they're not in a place um, to accept and the spirit person isn't really bugging me, to make sure I tell them, um, then I just leave the situation alone. But there have been times when I've stopped and talked to people. Um, and, you know, I have a very calming effect on people. So it hasn't really been a problem. Well, that's good. It really is. It's interesting how you are able to so-called flip a switch where you can turn it on or off or turn a knob because, you know, that's the majority of the, the problems or concerns a lot of them have. Uh, they are not able to do, so they have to stay at home, you know, and, and they can't go out in public because of all the the seeing, the hearing, the bugging, and all that other stuff. Right. Well, I've learned a lot of healthy practices throughout my life. And, and some of them, I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. Um, you know, I ground myself. I protect myself. Um, I know how to do that. Um, I know how to draw energy from the earth uh, to be able to use that energy to protect myself. And it's like anything else, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Um, I mean, I totally understand um, because I couldn't always do it as well as I can do now. You know, like you said, when I was in my 20s, it was a lot more difficult. Um, to turn it off but because of that and because of how that made me feel i worked harder to be able to you know be, i want to be in charge of my life and i'm not you know it's the same thing i'm not a trance channel medium i channel spirit people but they're not allowed to possess my body. So um, I was doing an, um, an event in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at a place called the Daniel Lady Farm and uh, Richard Felix from the UK, who's a friend, um, had come over uh, to be part of this um, investigation. 
and we were in the barn and there was a trans channel medium with us. I don't know what happened, but she fainted and the spirit, it was a Confederate soldier. Um, you know, like a, I don't know, ranks, but you know, low level, not an officer, let's call it. Um, who had been uh, cared for in this barn because the, only the officers got to go into the house for their medical care. Everybody else had to stay in the barn with all the bacteria. Well, he had passed away and um, Maureen had given him permission that she would channel him. He could take over her body, but then she fainted. So he immediately looked at me and started to rush towards me. And I said, whoa, 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 no, this is not happening. And, you know, I don't know if I was in my 20s, if I would have known to do that or not. Um, but, um, you yeah, know, those are, those are just some of the skills I've learned along the way. That's amazing. That really is. You know, I mean. So I did, I did speak to the soldier and um, talk to him and let him know that, that he had made his transition. It was time to go. I didn't just tell him to get away from me and then, you know, leave him to his own devices. So, you know, I wouldn't do that. But um, again, I wasn't going to let him take over and speak with my voice. Right. So what other encounters that you have had with your abilities and gifts? Um, well, I've been to a lot of mental hospitals and um, prisons um, and jails, both in North America and in Ireland and the UK. Oh, wow. And um, I mean, the history of these places is just, um, it's so foreign to our way of life and, and you know, things that, that we know about and think about. And it's interesting because it's like the things they don't teach you in school. So, for example, there's a, a jail in Dublin, Ireland called Kilmanham Jail. And it was opened right around 1800. And during that time, there was um, the horrible potato famine in Ireland. And I don't know how many millions of people starved. And that's what caused the big emigration out of Ireland because, you know, people were basically starving. So in this Covanum jail, there were women um, who had gotten caught stealing bread to feed their children. And 
you know, that was an offense and it, it was under British rule at the time. So they had their trial and they were sent off to Colmanum jail. Well, the thing is, they had to take their children with them because, you know, there's no daycare. If they didn't have a mother or grandmother or somebody that could take those children, those children went to and went in the jail with the mother while she served term. And as you can imagine, um, they weren't clean, they weren't sanitary. And so, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of death there, a lot of, uh, you know, spirits um, that had lived out their, their last days there. And, and, you know, it was, it was really sad. A lot of the spirits I talked to, um, just the ones that were um, still there. So, you know, there's, there's different kinds of spirits, right? So they're ones that make their transition, go to the light, and then they come back and talk to me. Who I find a lot of times more interesting, especially if I'm trying to unlock the secrets of a building's past, are the ones who never left. They might not, they might have suffered a traumatic death and, and not realize they're dead. Um, a lot of them, you know, Ireland in particular is a big Catholic population, and they didn't want to move on because they thought because of their sins, they weren't going to be allowed in heaven anyway. So they might as well just stay where they were. So I had a lot of conversation with um with spirit people about those kinds of topics. That's really, that really, yeah. Do you ever feel emotion or emotions when you talk to them? Oh, absolutely. I always feel emotions. Um, the, uh, the wait staff and owners and and other people at the restaurant and then um other locations that i've been to the the owner of um st albans sanitarium down in uh southern virginia um would get upset because i would start to cry um because of what I was feeling and or hearing from the spirit. So it goes from everything from joy to despair. And um, I feel it all if I've opened myself up to it. So like when you walk into a facility like that and Like a jail or a prison, you have all these tears. Do you just look through there and, and see all the spirits just hanging out or? Um, that's 
sort of difficult to explain. So I don't, I mean, I'll see things like anybody else, you know, out of the corner of my eye. And okay. by definition, any place I am is haunted. Because once they figure out I'm there, uh, the spirit people, that is, they're going to come to where I am. So at my house, I have a lot of spirit cats and spirit people um, that they will make a movement. So that's what I'm talking about, catching out of the corner of my eye. Where I really see is um, what a lot of people call my third eye. So I'm not seeing physical and tangible like, like you would think of, just like when I'm hearing spirit. Um, except for that one time I told you about, I don't hear them with my physical ears. So when I go into, um, let's take Moundsville, uh, the West Virginia State Penitentiary, very super active place. And it was actually the only place in my life I've ever gotten creeped out. Um, by spirit people, but I'll go in and, you know, I'll, I'll start doing my walk around. Um, and if I start feeling, uh, or noticing an energy, then I'll try to bring them in closer and I'll be able to see them, but it's not like being at, you know, Grand Central Station. I see all these spirits walking around, bumping into each other, let's say. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I, I know sometimes, too, it's hard to explain uh, because, you know, it's, if you don't have the ability, abilities or gifts and you never experience it, sometimes I can see how it's hard it is to relate to somebody that doesn't. Well, really I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because my personal belief is that there's no one out there that doesn't. They just don't. And I've helped a lot of people, um, you know, maybe not get to where I am, but at least broaden their skills in their lives a little bit to be able to um, feel and know. And, you know, the problem that, that a lot of people have is like they're expecting uh, someone to say, hello, Christopher, this is the spirit world, channel 456, are you ready to listen? And that's not the way it works. Um, when I hear spirit people, they're not talking to me like I'm talking to you. It's more, um, giving me an entire paragraph of information in one second. Ooh. So I'm hearing what they're communicating to me, but 
you know, it's a lot more uh, expedient than, you know, human to human communication. You get a lot more done in a lot less time doing it that way. But, you know, back to what I was talking about. So if, if you're doing it, especially if you're doing something mundane, that doesn't really take a lot of your attention. Like, let's say you're washing dishes and, you know, you daydream and, and stuff like that while you're washing the dishes. Well, all of a sudden, you get this image in your mind just for a split second of Christmas when you were six years old and you got that thing, whatever it was, that you wanted so bad. And everybody was there and it was such a happy time and that the house was decorated and you were warm and fed and, you know, just all those wonderful things. Ask yourself, where did that come from? And you might say, oh, well, that came from my grandmother because that was the last Christmas we spent together. Or, you know, it came from ABC, whatever. People just pass by those moments and they don't stop to think, where did that come from? Because let's say it's July, right? You're not going to be thinking about putting up the Christmas tree and having a holiday. You're just doing them dishes and you've opened your mind for something else to come in. Wow, that uh, ladies and gentlemen really makes me want to stop and think about things uh, because I actually have a lot of moments like that, you know, because unfortunately I have a lot of free time on my hands and I'll be doing something or be sitting down and, and I'll be just, I don't know, watching TV and next thing you know, I just see pictures of the past just flash in front of me for no reason. Right. And so the next step then is what does that mean? What did that mean? Was there advice, a warning, uh, a hug? You know, what, it had to have some meaning, right? I mean, so, of course, right. some thoughts are just random. But if you get one, or you might be on an investigation, you might be looking for Bigfoot, which I understand you like to do. Um, and, you know, you might get a picture of something in your mind. Um, the forest is on fire. I don't know. The, the, um, the building, it, you know, something's happening with the building or the building's being built or whatever. Um, you know, just take a second. Don't be on overdrive all the time. Take a second and say, now, where is this going to take me? Where is this thought taking me? Now, brought it up. Do you believe it's that one? Well, I promised myself I wasn't going to do that. 
because I didn't want to get off on a topic I can't really talk about knowledgeably. Like I don't, I don't have much knowledge, but I did have um, an employee that worked for me at my big girl job, and he was absolutely huge into Sasquatch. And so we had a lot of conversations. I found it interesting. And so, do I believe? Well, I don't disbelieve. There's no reason for me to disbelieve. Do I believe in UFOs? Well, I don't disbelieve. Um, I don't know. And it doesn't interest me. So I don't spend a lot of time looking in that direction. But I think people who think, and you know, and people used to come to my events, a skeptic, and sometimes they would leave not a skeptic because something would happen. And the spirit people and I would be giggling behind our hands while uh-huh. they were there because, you know, we, we'd, we'd plan little things for them. But why? You know, where does that question come from? Why do I have to know if I believe? Like, what does that add? You know, are you going to try to convince me if I say no? I that's just absolutely impossible. There's no way that we're the only inhabited planet in in the universe. Um, What are you going to do? Try to talk me out of that? No. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like a waste of time. People say to me. I don't believe in in spirits. And I don't believe there's a place beyond the veil. And and I think when you die, you just take a dirt nap, and that's that. Convince me otherwise, and I'm like, not my job. I mean, that's a really good point to make. Now I, I can't argue with that. The reason why I ask you is because of your abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he's going to say there is a whole bunch out there, Grizzly. Beware, you know. <laughs> but no. Um, and be honest, since you said that, and when people do talk to me about Sasquatch, I guess I really don't try to change their mind. I just explained to them the evidence, the interviews, and what's been presented in the community. So you made a valid point there. I, I don't, I don't really try to change your mind. You know, either you do or you don't. So you made a good point there. Right, and it, it's up to each individual. And I don't know that. We know when we're soul searching, we should be spending our time trying to get definitive answers, you know, a yes or no to those questions. I I don't think it really adds that much value. Um, I think that being open minded, I mean, just bip along. And if, you know, you're out walking your dog and Sasquatch walks up to you, well, then you'll know. You'll know it's. Time to believe, right? <laughs> right. 
I've probably dropped dead of a heart attack. <laughs> so, so let me tell you something funny. You know, I'm not Catholic, and I'm not making fun of anybody's religion. I'm just really just throwing that up front. But I have a Catholic church in my area that that blesses my coins for the police prayer, uh, police prayer, prayer, firefighter prayer, EMS prayer, and so forth. I make coins on. And uh, I called Father Miguel a couple of days ago and asked him for some holy water. And he said, no problem. And uh, he wanted me to come yesterday, and I couldn't do it. So uh, we made arrangements to come at 9 o'clock this morning. And I pulled up 10 till 9, got out with my cane, and uh, walked up to the doors. And I stood there. And not even two minutes later, he came out of the house. And he smiled because he, he always remembers me. And... Uh, he went in the closet humming and all this other stuff. And then he walks into the uh, sanctuary and it's pitch black. And he just disappears. And I'm like, how can he see in there? And he's gone for like three or four minutes. So then I see him come back out. And he's smiling, holding two wine bottles. And I'm thinking, oh, we get to taste some wine today. He's like, you know, he's got his accent. He's like, hey, Christopher, you know, we got some wine. I'm like, okay. I come from holy water. Now, now I'm going to get get some wine. And when he gave me the bottles, the bottles were wet. He said, both these bottles contain holy water. And I was like, I thought to myself, do I need that much holy water? <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, it, do, it doesn't go bad, so you might just keep it around. Yeah, I got to get on Amazon and uh, get me some little containers to put them in so I can keep one in the car, keep one with me when I go places. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh I mean, try to explain that to law enforcement officer. <laughs> you got a bottle of wine in your car, and it's holy water. <laughs> right. I don't think it's going to go over too well. So. No, I don't think so. So what do you think about people charging people for their abilities and gifts? Well, yeah, There's to me, there's two schools of thought on that. And I have charged people. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, from a witch's point of view, um, there needs to always be a transaction. Um, you know, that, that giving and taking and giving of energy um, back and forth needs to happen to bring bring it into reality so um and i don't know how i decide um but yeah i i do charge for readings i don't charge much um you know if i go out and do festivals and stuff it's you know twenty dollars for 30 minutes which typically turns into 45 minutes and i know that going in um 
But, you know, if somebody comes to me, um, you know, on Facebook or Messenger, or, um, you know, they get my contact information somehow, um, you know, I'll help them. It's not like, okay, well, you know, you got to pay up first. Um, and I certainly um, don't envy those who try to use it as their source of income. Because, like, especially during the pandemic, you know, there were no festivals or, you know, there was no place to to go and sit down and do readings. And, um, you know, I read for people online. Um, I do that. It's a little more difficult um, than being there in person. So, um, you know, I guess I got off track a little bit, but, you know. No, answer you're fine. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> In answer to your question, um, I don't necessarily think it's bad for somebody to, to give me $20. Um, if I feel at the end of the reading that I didn't really get at what was needed or I didn't really, you know, the spirits didn't really get in the energy, um, that $20 is going back because I'm not going to just say, well, I spent the time. So I get the, I get the 20 bucks. That's, that's not how it works. You have to, you know, I'm, I'm really big about um, adding value and things like that. That's very interesting. It's very well, well respected. Because I've heard a lot of people say, you have a curse on you, and for two thousand dollars, I will take it away. Right. And they pay the two thousand dollars. Yep. And it's uh, like, what in the world did you just get suckered into? And you know, then they walk to another booth and like, do I have a curse on me? Uh, you know, please tell me. And the, and and the people look at them like, no. And you Why know. You you know, like I said, there's so many things you can DIY, you know, learn uh -huh. how to do it. And, you know, I can, I can try to break a curse off somebody if they're not releasing it. I mean, there's a, a lot more, you know, I know the, the word is used so that people can extort money from people, but. Um, I would caution your listeners. It's a lot more complicated than just paying somebody some money and then they're just going to whip that curse right on out of there because that's not how it works. So how can you tell a real from a fake then? How can what? How can you tell a real psychic from a fake psychic? Um... I don't know if I'm the one to answer that question. Of course, I know, uh -huh. um, you know, when I get around somebody, um, if they have abilities, and it's always fun for me um, when I'm talking to people to let them know um, they're empathic or they're psychic or, you know, whatever it is um that they never realized so that's that's joy for me is saying um well did you know that you're an empath 
and let's talk about what that is. And then the person can say, oh, well, now all this stuff I couldn't understand makes sense. You know, all these things I feel and, and um, you know, I come home drained after a party. Um, well, why is that? Because you're an empath and you need to learn strategies to protect yourself from that, just that overwhelming amount of energy that can come in. Well, and, you know, and that's one of the questions I get always asked a lot is, you know, grizzly, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to get rid and I don't know who to go to and, you know, what she'll look for in a person, you know, because I've heard some people charge up to a thousand dollars up front before yeah. you even allow to sit down. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I don't know what the normal fee is going for, you know, well, I, I, I don't do that. So, you know, a fool and his money, as they say. Yeah. But since I learned uh, interviewing psychics and mediums and empaths, it's not too far off from what you have been telling me price wise and saying the same general area and doing the same things if they don't feel like it's been actually worthwhile or so forth. So that shows me that there are some good ones out there. And also that some of the ones that I talked to uh, actually did work for the 1-800 numbers, the psychics online or right. on the telephones, because they didn't have the knowledge or power or yeah the knowledge or power to understand how to ground themselves when they go out and that's why they stay home as hermits right so that that was really interesting and i felt really sad for them because you know they couldn't go to the grocery store they couldn't go to the mall they couldn't go out to eat because they just it was non-stop in their ear everywhere they looked that you know, they saw something or saw people and right. you know, I, mean, I could not imagine on a daily basis dealing with that. I really can't. And when you said you went to, you know, the psychic award, I was thinking, yes, finally, you know, but I wasn't thinking, you know, one, it's no longer in existence because when I took psychology, the one of the rough times that I had and I even told the professor this, is that we're supposed to take a person, identify them, break them down, you know, describe them, you know, what uh, personality or trait they have, and prescribe them medicine. Well, anymore, you go to the doctors, and the first thing you do, with less than five minutes, they give you three or four prescriptions and send you home. Right. You know, people do see spirits. Children do see angels, you know. So why does everybody always want to put a label on somebody and saying that, un unquote, that this is schizophrenic or psycho or crazy? 
Right. And instead and of testing them. While we're kind of on the topic, if there's any parents out there listening, um, many times um, a child will not have completely forgotten a past life when they get here. And there have been some cases documented and made into TV shows and um, yeah, I saw those. Right, but um, it does happen. It doesn't happen to every child. But if your child starts talking about, oh, I used to live over here, I used to do that. Um, one of my nephews um, had total recall about a past life, um, what his name was, where he lived, all that kind of stuff. Um, do not dismiss them as oh that's just your imagination or you just making it up um find other ways to interact with them uh and get and keep them talking because they need to feel like that's okay and there's you know and i've been asked about this a lot of times like what should i do well let them talk let them be that's who they are so let that be you don't have to change somebody or fix something there's nothing to fix and if you're a psychic or an empath you don't need to be fixed it's okay and i totally agree with you on that subject and i think i think people rush the judgment too quickly and no offense to any doctors or mds or phds or nurse practitioners out there you know i know y'all see a lot of people and don't get me wrong there is a lot of mental illness out there in the world i dealt with it uh, a lot when i was on the force so especially when i work for the private sector but i just think that sometimes we need to take a step back and say hey you know let's look at this and see what's going on if they're just handing you know prescriptions right well you know med western medicine hasn't yet figured out that all wellness stems from vibration just as all illness stems from my vibration um it's the energy of the person and your pill may cover up the symptom but it's not necessarily going to cure the disease now there there are good things like if you get an infection and your body hasn't been able to overcome it and you're prescribed an antibiotic well you know that's a good thing and there's no misalignment of energy there. But in so many other cases, um, you know, it's an energy problem um, that needs to be looked at and worked on by the person with the disease. All right. Now, have you joined the new group, uh, Psychics and Mediums Around the World, that I created? 
No, I did not know about that, I don't think. Yeah, make sure and look that up and and so forth. And make sure when you do have a chance, join that. I made that group specifically uh, for a person and for people like you. Uh, I know there's a lot of them out there on Facebook because I'm a member of them. And also, thank you to all the admin and moderators that uh, actually let me post in your group. Lots of love. I really greatly appreciate you let me post my live shows. So I just want to say thank you very much. So I always, always want to say thank you to them. You know, it's very nice that they let me do it. There really is. Yep. But, uh, you know, there's so many unanswered questions, and you answered a lot. A lot. Is there anything else that you can think of that you would like to say? Well, I'm sure, you know, I could just talk forever. But um, I think that we're a good place um, if we were to finish now and, I think I've given people some things to think about and um, you know, I, I love talking about um, actual encounters uh, that I've had with spirit people in different places um, that I've visited. So, um, you know, if, if there's any interest in talking about some of those things, people can gain a lot of insight about um, good places to go for investigations or, um, you know, we could talk a little bit more about being more open. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm actually down with that, but how do, how do people actually get a hold of you if you want them to get a hold of you? Well, just go on Facebook. Um, look for Arlon Avalon, uh, Spirits Among Us, and um, they can either write something on my wall, it's not restricted, or send me a private message. That's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from our guest tonight. And matter of fact, I'm going to take you up on your offer. I am actually, I adore you so much. I want to bring you back on the show and i think that make another good show which you just talked about about the encounters uh i would love to hear about that and i think i'm not the only one as well i think that actually make a good good talk sub or subject to talk about i really do all right what do you think are you I up do. For i'm always up for talking about my spirit people that's wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be on Grizzly Show, all you have to do is email me, thegrizzly at paranormal at gmail.com. Once again, that's grizzly, the paranormal at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's time coast to coast around the world we thank everybody but until then or next time good night everybody
And thank you so much, Arlon. It's been a warm, welcome guest on our show. Thank you. And thanks.